Great. Thank you so much. Um, I'm just going to pray. God, goddess, goddess, spirit of light and love, whatever is out there in me and in all others, please give me the courage and the strength to tell the truth about what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now as a result of applying these spiritual principles in this new way of life. Um, so my name is Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater, recovered anorexic and bulimic. And um, I'm gonna speak about the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and how applying that to my recovery from anorexia, bulimia and compulsive overeating set me free uh, because that's my story. And so, you know, just to, <laughs> to give you a little taste of what I was like, um, Prior to coming to this program, I was a mad woman. I was a mad woman. I was, my entire life was built on a structure of uh, instant gratification and self-flagellation and trying to get mine, but also hating myself. And so trying to make people love me. Um, and so what did that look like? I, I've been institutionalized 18 times for anorexia and bulimia. You know, uh, in the our founding program, they talk about how this disease leads to jails, um, institutions and and death. And I I was arrested as a result of my eating disorder. Again, I you know institutionalized 18 times, and uh, have very much been on the brink of death many many times. Um, hospitalized and you know carted away, almost lost my colon. And so the fact that I'm here today, like walking this world as a free woman, is a miracle. And I owe that directly to. Um, the literature, you know, the founding literature of this program. And it might seem strange, you know, I walked into my first big book meeting and I, um, a guy that I was dating, because I also, you know, used sex and love as a way to fill my God-sized hole, um, kind of dragged me to an AA meeting, even though I'm not an alcoholic. And I walked into that meeting and everyone was talking about the big book and they were talking about like, you know, God and spirituality and whatnot. And I was like, F you people. And I left that meeting and I went home and binged and purged. Right. And so like, how did I get from that to, um, to where I am today, where the whole shape and substance of my life is about working a 12-step program and about becoming more and more the person that God wants me to be and finding a relationship, a working relationship with a power greater than myself. Like what prompted that transition? And, you know, I will say that literature, while it is impactful and effective, it's only an intellectual exercise, right? Until I begin applying this stuff to my life. And so for me, it wasn't about like, oh yeah, the big book is so great. Like it's all this flowery language. It was about how do I take this thing, this textbook and learn how to live, like learn how to walk this path. And what I love, you know, I love the OA literature too. There's beautiful stories in that. Um, but like for me, I really needed a workable method for how to live my life. And I feel like the big book lays that out very clearly. It's like, okay, you, you know, you got to put down whatever, whatever the behaviors are, whatever the foods are, you know, that are, that are, that were blocking me from God, that were blocking me from my authentic self. That like, once I started doing the stuff, I couldn't stop doing it. The big book really explains that to me. And so it starts, you know, with the doctor's opinion, um, which is a letter from Dr. William Silkworth. And it basically lays out like, what is the problem of addiction? It's that I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And so to me, what that, what that means, right, is 
is that there's certain foods that once I start eating them, I don't know whether or not I'm going to stop. You know, I don't know. I feel like I was explaining to someone the other day that to me, food addiction feels like a game of Russian roulette. And at the beginning of my addiction, there was like one bullet in the chamber. And by the end of my addiction, it was all bullets. Like anytime I picked up, I was, I was going on a spree and I could not could not stop. And it didn't matter, you know, it didn't matter what external consequences. It didn't matter that I would go into the hospital because I was having seizures as a result of taking 80 to hundred laxatives a day. And I would check myself out of, you know, the hospital and go straight to the nearest bakery, like, and go like, it didn't, it didn't matter what the external consequences for me. Like I, there was something in my body that once I started, eating certain foods, once I started binging, once I started purging, once I started restricting, like I just couldn't stop that. I just couldn't stop it. It was a physiological reaction. My body could not stop. Um, but then also, you know, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the doctor's opinion, it explains the obsession of the mind that like, I'll stop this thing that's killing me. I would go into a treatment center. I would get a sponsor. I would like get a food plan. I would do whatever it took to stop. And I would stop. And then my mind would be like, I know I haven't binged and purged in a year. I haven't binged and purged in a week. It's been two months since I had my, like, since I had a dessert, I'm entitled or whatever it was, you know, and suddenly the mind would convince me to do this thing that I'd proven to myself was suicidal for me. Like I ate suicidally. Um, and so, you know, the, for me, it wasn't really until I, I began to read the big book that I started to understand what was wrong with me. It was like, oh, right. This explains something that has been incomprehensible to me, which is like, why in the face of all this evidence that binging and purging and starving and over-exercising and eating the foods I was eating is killing me. It's keeping me from connecting with people. It's keeping me from living a rich life. It's making me violate my values. I'm stealing money to support my habit. I'm losing jobs, like all this stuff. You know, I, it finally explained to me that there was something bodily different from me that like, I would see other people eating foods in certain ways, or even, you know, in treatment, I would go into treatment and these other girls, you know, they would come in and they'd have some life consequences as a result of bulimia and they'd stop and their lives would get better. And like, they'd never do it again, or they'd do it like, I don't know, on holidays or whatever. And I always wanted to be that person, but I wasn't, I wasn't, there was something really different about me. And so once I understood that I could, I, I, well, basically I, it was both some hope and some hopelessness. Like it was shattering to know that actually step one, I don't read it today to mean like, I can't eat certain foods and do certain behaviors. I read it to mean that I'm doomed to eat certain foods and do certain behaviors because my mind is going to continually convince me to go back to those old self-destructive patterns unless I find a relationship with a power greater than myself. And newsflash, when I came in here, I believed in nothing. I believed in nothing except myself. And I'd betrayed myself again and again and again. So that was a, that was a significant predicament for me. Um, but luckily, you know, through these steps, what I learned, and they're all outlined, you know, like the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it is a manual for living. And if I can apply that to my life, I get free. And so through working, you know, this program and through reading and through applying um, the passages of the textbook, like to my life, I started to learn how to go inward. And I started to learn that like deep down within me is the fundamental idea of God or of something, right? Love, whatever it is. And so 
I got to go on a treasure hunt for that thing, you know, and, and it was beautiful. And then, and I really, for me, like the miracle of this program wasn't really having a deep and effective step one experience. I had that like long before I ever put down the food. I knew I was sick. I knew I was screwed, but it was really in step three and realizing like, oh my gosh, I have been turning my will in my life over to the lack of care of active addiction that is going to kill me. And so what would it look like to turn my will in my life over to something that loves me? And, and once I started to do that, it became very easy to want to get unblocked from that force of love. And, you know, there's a really great fourth step process that the big book lays out that taught me how to do that, that taught me to like, not just get stuck in the narrative of what other people had done to me. Cause that was as far as I got before. I mean, I'd been to like thousands of hours of therapy and I'd sit there in therapy and be like, listen to all my trauma, you know, and like, woe is me. And all this stuff happened. And I can't change until my mom changes or I get a new boyfriend or blah, 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 like whatever it was, you know? And and I didn't know that that was keeping me in bondage. Like, I didn't know that if, if I made my freedom contingent on other people changing, I was never going to get free, like ever, ever, ever. And so for me to have a, a, a action steps to lead to liberation and to lead to like my own ideals, I, I could never live up to my ideals. I cheated on every single person I've ever been in a relationship with, lied. I would look people straight in the eye, lie to their face, stole money, like embezzled. I mean, I was not a per I had values. I had morals. I could not live up to them because I was running on addiction. Like, and I was running on selfishness and fear and dishonesty. Like that was the only way I knew how to live. And so it wasn't really until I read the big book that I started and, and started to do what it tells me to do that I realized like, oh, I'm not a bad person. I'm a sick one. Like I have soul cancer. That's what I have. Five minute wording. Thank you. You know, so, so that, so what I needed was a treatment that was going to invoke and inspire a psychic change in myself. And I began to see that, you know, through steps six and seven, and I began to make amends in steps eight and nine, which the big book, like clearly lays out all the rules for how to do that and the formula and like what, you know, what it's going to require for me. And that it's not about me going and like making myself small and being like, I'm so sorry for existing. Like, forgive me. It's not about that. Like all of it is about how do I become a free person today? How do I have no shame and no secrets and no, you know, cobwebs in the corner? You know, I was a person who lived my life. I was terrified if someone knocked on the door to my apartment because I knew that if they came in, what they were going to see was like, I mean, food everywhere and like vomit everywhere. I mean, that was how I lived. Right. And so to be in a life where like, there is no spiritual vomit in my life, you know, there is no food, like not even forget the food. That's the beginning of the beginning. It's like the, it's all the other stuff. Like, I don't have shame about that today. And I was able to find freedom through working this program of recovery. And then like, you know, to have a clear set of guidelines for living out my daily spiritual practices and waking up each morning. And like the big book has a whole on awakening section and like what we do with that and like kind of like, you know, different prayers that I've found super helpful and ways to kind of go inward to God and ways to share authentically with other people. Cause I never told people the truth about myself. Never, ever, ever. You know, maybe if I, maybe I would tell them what I did, but I certainly wasn't going to tell them why. Like, I didn't want anyone to know that I was a fearful person, that I was a selfish person, that, you know, someone would die. And I would think about, Oh God, like now I got to go to their funeral. Like that's the way, you know, like that's the 
first thought that comes to mind as an addict. It wasn't like, oh, how sad for their loved ones. You know, like everything, I see the world through the filter of me, through the filter of self. And so to, to be, to have the big book give me permission to be who I am, to love myself, to share myself authentically, first with the people in this program, with my sponsor, but then, you know, to share myself with the people outside of this program, like that has been amazing for me. And then, you know, to have an 11 step practice to go from my first prayer, I was telling, you know, someone asked me what my first prayer was. And I was like, it was F you. Like I remember I looked up at the heavens and I was, and I didn't say F, I don't want to swear on a podcast, but I, you know, like, cause that was my relationship with God. It was like, F you, what have you done for me lately? My life sucks. You're a joke. Like that was how I was. And so to go from that to having like a daily working relationship, that was made possible by this beautiful text that taught me how to have a working relationship with myself and with a power that I did not believe in. Um, and to find that power within myself and fall in love with myself and fall in love with a force of love um, that I believe was like holding my hair back every time I binged and purged, that I believe was like rocking me to, you know, every night as I cried myself to sleep, like that just loved me. And then in step 12, like I get to give that to other people and I get to watch them come alive. And I got to see people who are as broken as I was. Well, actually I wasn't broken. I was whole. I just thought I was broken. Right. Like I just, I had a, I, I had a misdiagnosis problem prior to coming into this program and prior to using the big book. Like I didn't know that my problem was an allergy of of the body and an obsession of the mind. And so all the treatments that I tried didn't work because I was treating the wrong thing. It was like, if I had cancer and was taking insulin for diabetes, like it wasn't, it just wasn't going to work, you know? And so to have something that was going to work and to have a manual for living that I can utilize each and every day to set me free, like, yeah, from the food, but the food doesn't even call to me anymore. I don't care about that. I don't, you know, I don't want to binge. I don't want to purge. I don't want to starve doesn't, it's not even a thought in my head, but certainly, you know, I get selfish. Certainly I get afraid. Certainly I get lonely, you know? And so to have a way of life that liberates me from that on a daily basis, like that for me is the spiritual reprieve contingent on the maintenance of the, of, of my spiritual condition. And I never, ever, ever had that prior to this program. I remember I used to be like, I don't understand what the point of life is. Like, why are all these people happy? Like, what is, you know, I mean, I just didn't, I didn't get it. And so today I feel full, like my soul feels full. I had a, I had a hole in my soul. I could have eaten so much food, you know, I mean, and I did, I ate so, so much food and it never even touched that hunger. But today I'm not spiritually hunger, hungry on a daily basis, or if I am, I'm satisfiable, right? Like I, I have like a reasonable appetite for life and for God and for the, you know, the people around me and I am satiable, right? And in the disease, I'm insatiable. So I'm so glad, you know, to have been asked to speak. And I will just share that, you know, I think for me, the really important lesson was that it was about honesty. There's a line mm -hmm. in the big book, thank you, that says those who cannot, you know, get this program are those who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. And so I would just encourage anyone, wherever they're starting, like the foundation of honesty for me has been so important and to have a working relationship with a sponsor and with God where I can just be honest. Like that for me is what allowed me to get from that FU prayer to like, being able to pray what I prayed at the beginning of this meeting and mean it. So um, anyways, really glad to be here and I'll pass and thanks so much.